this is, this is somewhat of a, a segue series. Uh, it's a segue series into a series that I do every year called Relationships. Uh, and, and Relationships, our Relationship series is the foundation of not only how God operates with us, but also, I dare say even more so, it's in learning His example, how we can operate with each other. How we can live in relationship with each other. How many of you know that relationships can be hard sometimes? A few of you, the rest of you have had beautiful relationships your whole life. God bless you all. We are so excited for your sweet relationships. Look, relationships can be hard at times, but the truth is they don't have to be. Relationships don't have to be hard if we walk in relationship how Christ walked in relationship with us. It's, a, it's an awesome series. It's principles that we live by. I encourage you. We're going to be starting that up here, and it'll be a few weeks down the road. But this How God Builds is a segue into that. Now, next week, uh, I want to let you guys know, next week, Ron Corzine, my pastor, also the overseer of me in this church, is going to be here. Super excited to have him. I was talking with him this last week about his message. And guys, it's going to be uh, extremely powerful, um, mind-opening, just, just really uh, drawing you closer to God and his love for us. So y'all make it a point, be here next week to hear Ron Corzine. Um, and now, in order to kick off how God builds, I think there's something that we need to understand, and it's the, the tie uh, of this message, the, the kind of the, the foundation of this message, if you will. Um, the tie together, it, taking our, our 2020 to Life series, moving into the relationship series, there's this how God builds uh, series, and, and, and what I want to do with this is in order to understand how God builds, we must have an idea of his love. Uh, we, we hear scriptures all the time, people will throw out the verse, God is love, but, but what does that mean to me today? I, I think a lot of us have uh, a warped sense uh, of love. Um, we, we, we don't we have good experiences, we have bad experiences, and, and that clouds our view on what love is. This, this uh, coming up this week is, is Valentine's. Coming up this week. Four days to shop local. Two days to get it prime. Just throwing that out there. Not that you haven't already done it. But look, I, but before. The truth is, guys, Valentine's can be hard for people because, again, we, we, we have a skewed view sometimes on love. For, for myself, um, February the 14th was, was the day that my father passed. It was, it was uh, three days later on February the 17th that my mom passed. It, it can be hard at times to think about love, but, but just because that happened in my life, it, it doesn't mean that love isn't there. I still was able to go home to a wife and to, 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 to three kids who, who loved me and, and still needed from me love. And, and so I, I, uh, I've decided to entitle today's message, Extraordinary Love. I had some really cool jokes that I was going to throw in here, but I, I checked with my staff beforehand and like not a one of them had ever heard of Sade, early 90s, anybody? There's a few of you. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to continue with that joke. All right. So initially, initially, my message was going to be, this is no ordinary love. And I thought, huh? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, all 10 of you. I love you guys. Man. Yeah. The staff are like, Sade, who's that? I'm like, come on, man. That was like, oh, what? Nothing. Nothing. Anyway, we're going to go with extraordinary love, just so you're not cool bopping to ordinary love the whole time. 
All 10 of you. Um, and so to, to help me get started, before we, uh, talking about extraordinary love, talking about Valentine's and how you have four days, um, I'm going to get some help. We're going to do a little bit of kind of like a family feud. Uh, let me have, uh, Greg, and, Greg and Brandon, if y'all can help me out. I've got some gift certificates. And, and what I need, real quick, let me, let me across the room, uh, let's find on, in this section here, ha, is there a couple who has an anniversary today? Anybody? How about, how about this week? No? No? God bless. Anniversary today or this week? Anybody? Golly. Oh, the Bills fan. Wouldn't you know it? Oh, there's one over here too. I tell you what, we're going to take them both just because he's a Bills fan. Brandon, you mind running the cross, which I told you you wouldn't have to do? <laughs> Let me find out. When's y'all's anniversary right over here? I see perfect, I just see black silhouetted by the white in the background. I'm sorry? One more time. Valentine's Day. Oh, come on. Wow, so you can't forget Valentine's. You're in big trouble if you do. Bill, what's going on, sir? February 15th. Congratulations to both of you. I tell you what, can, y'all, can you stand just real quick? I'm going to have a, I don't want to make you stand long. This is going to be like a family feud. First to answer gets the prize. First to answer. <laughs> All right. All right, so what is something that you should never say in a marriage? Never say to your spouse and you're not going to even answer. That's probably smart. I hate you. I saw Bill here. What was that, sir? I hate you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Valid. Val- very true. Do you have an answer that tops that one? No. <laughs> Those are not spoken in this house. <laughs> Look, we've got, we've got uh, back over here, there's a, a gift certificate that he has to you to 107. Also another gift certificate over here to Lisa's Flower Shop. Um, man, guys, thank y'all so much. Uh, y'all give them a big hand. Hey, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. How long, how long have they been married? Can you ask both real quick? How long have y'all been married? 44 years. 44 years. 18 this week. Eight? Y'all give them another big hand. If you're, a, if you're a couple here this morning and you want to pretend that your anniversary is, is this week, and you will, next service I'll be doing the same thing. So a huge shout out to, to 107. Uh, and also the Lisa's Flower Shop, man, they, uh, they came through last night, and I was calling around saying, hey, I need a, I need a gift certificate. John Bratcher and, and Alan Johnson both jumped at the up. They said, hey, we'll, we'll help you out. So huge shout-out to them. But all right, here's, here's my uh, semi-answer to, to that question, part of what I want to speak on today. In marriage, I think that there's certain words that you should stay away from, certain words that you should never, ever say, all right? The first one is always. Always, it's, it's a taboo in, in, in relationships. You never say always. The second would be never. Never say never. All right? And then the third, the third is, is fat. You just, that's, <laughs> like I hesitated even spelling it up there. So those are the three words. My suggestion, my counseling service to you today, it's free. Uh, free service, always, never, and fat, yeah. All right, why? The reason you avoid these words is, quite honestly, this, guys. Look, in in relationships, relationships are always about appreciating wherever you are in the moment. Appreciating the now. 
the season that you're in and never inflicting the past on your spouse presently, never inflicting the past on your present. And, and, and for example, in, with always, some people, when they get emotional, how many people with a show of hands have ever gotten into a, an argument with their spouse and said something to the effect of, you always do that. You're always, who's ever, a few of you are being honest this morning, we'll pray for the rest of you liars. Uh, <laughs> Right. Why? Why don't you say something like that? Well, again, the reason, very simply, it, it, you don't do that in a relationship because you're taking the past and you're inflicting it on the present, and that makes for a bad relationship. You can't inflict the past on the present and, and be able to maintain a healthy, good, present relationship going forward. The other one is you can't ever say never. Never say never. Again, it's all about the past. Well, will you never who would be honest and say they, they've, they've said never in their, oh yeah, a few hands going up. Sometimes just in the heat of the moment, we spurt these words out. Let the past be the past. And, and then fat. I just threw that one in there because that's never okay. It's just, that was going to be one of my questions. If, if, you're fat, if, you're, if your wife says, um, do, do these jeans make me look fat? Well, how do you answer? And I was going to see how quickly those men could respond, but I thought I'd spare them that one. Um, Look, the answer is no. It's like, no. Yeah, like, you can't get it out fast enough. No. Like, you need to go home and practice. No. All right. Moving on. I, I want to jump into Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 4 today, guys. This is going to be the, the scripture that I'm predominantly going to be, be reading on from today. Matthew 4, verse 23. Uh, I've got it here on the screen behind me. But listen here. I want you all to listen to this. It, it says, Jesus went throughout all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. I, I want to I pull out just a key phrase, unpack just a, a portion of that, and look here, what I want to focus on is Jesus went healing every disease, every sickness among the people. I believe this brings us to a point about God and his love. In order to understand how God builds, we need to understand his love for us as well as the love that we too should have for others. Jesus went through healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Now what I think is extraordinary is, is we talked about here in this last series, our 2020 to life, we talked about getting over your past. God doesn't inflict your past upon your present. He doesn't take your past and demean you today because of it. He looks at you and says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. I, you know, the past is gone. I will separate your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. That's what Christ says to each and every one of us. But so much more so, I think, is God has this ability called foreknowledge. Uh, basically, I, I'm analytical, and so it never made sense until it was kind of described to me in Bible college one time. If, if here's time, the beginning of time, the end of time, and, and here's me somewhere in, in this vicinity, this little dot right here on this whole big timeline, God is outside of time. In fact, he created time itself, so he's not constrained by what we are constrained by, time. And, but inasmuch, because he lives outside of time, he sees the beginning as well as the end. It's not that he makes decisions for us, but he's seen the path that it happens. And so with that, uh, well, he's got this ability that we call foreknowledge, an understanding of what will happen. So God is so gracious. We say God is love. He's so loving. Not only will he not inflict your past on your present, he never inflicts your future 
on your present either. Um, I, look, I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm going to bare my soul, be a little honest here. Me particularly, if I'm being honest with you, if I have even like an inkling of a clue that somebody's going to maybe possibly do something in the future, my natural tendency is, is to put a guard up, put a wall up. But God, his, his love is so extraordinary for all of us that his love is always present. God's love is always now. And that's what I want to talk about today is how God's love is now. Coming back to Jesus in this story, this healing that he does, the scripture again saying Jesus went healing every disease and every sickness among the people. And, and when I read that, my, 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 my immediate thought jumps to this, really? Every? I mean like every disease, every sickness? So you're telling me that, that now uh, surely you meant just deserving sick people. But the scripture doesn't say that. Okay, well, well surely, God, that you, you meant, when, when they wrote this, you meant the, the good sick people, not the bad sick people, just the good sick people. Or at least, at the very least, you, you at least meant righteous sick people. What we deem is, is holy versus not holy. You, you at least made a, a distinction, right? No. It, it specifically states every disease and every sickness. So, as I, as I read it, I, I, and as I think about what, what he was doing, I have to realize that God healed hands that were going to steal. He, he healed eyes that, that would covet in lust. One of the Ten Commandments that he said not to do, he, he healed eyes that would covet in lust. He, he healed, let's, let's take a, a, the cold and the flu, where you're groggy and you can't even talk. Huh. He, he healed even those symptoms that, that days later, would curse him and cry out, crucify him. He made no distinction on whether or not you were good enough or whether you, you had done just the right things. He healed every disease and every sickness. In my mind, uh, in, uh, again, I'm just kind of showing how fleshly I can be at times. I mean, I'm thinking, God, you got to utilize this foreknowledge a little bit better. Like at the end of service, and I know I'm going to do a healing line, and like, all right, everybody line up for a healing if you deserve it. You're walking forward. I'm like, yes, Jesus. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no, sorry. Yeah, you don't need to be in this line. I know what you're going to do tomorrow. If I had foreknowledge, I mean, I, 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 let's just say we're all thankful I'm not God. <laughs> Woo. My wife is thankful. Even I'm going to move. So. But it, it, it carnally, it, it fleshly, I would. I, I would be a little hesitant to say, yeah, I want to heal you even though I, I, I know what you're going to do with this healing tomorrow. Jesus healed people who were going to use his miracles even to do bad things. Um, so many other stories throughout the Gospels. As I read, there's, a, there's an account in, uh, in Luke's Gospel. There was ten lepers and they're crying out, they're pleading with Jesus, Son of David, Lord, have mercy on us. 
Master, please have mercy on us. They'd live their lives with leprosy. And, and Jesus, again, having foreknowledge, we've, we've heard the story I preached at the end of last year. It's the ten lepers. They get healed by Jesus. They go to, to, to the, uh, the priest to show themselves as clean. And one of them, in realizing he's healed, returns and goes back, goes back to thank Jesus. Jesus knew beforehand that only one, 10%, 10% of the people were going to come back. One person only was going to come back and, and give him thanks. I mean, look, I, again, being honest, like if I'm, if I'm in the fast lane and you're trying to get over to get past somebody slow and I let you in, there better be a tap on the brake or a wave in the window. <laughs> Otherwise, I might just, you know, pull back up around you, get up in front of you, and then just wave. <laughs> To let you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be sweet. and wait. Look, there was a, right up here, there's a, there's a, right as you're going underneath the overpass, there's a left hand, there's a left hand turning lane, right? I'm not going to ask people to raise their hands, but there's some people that like to just zip on by and slide on in when they can. I saw a car do that one time. It was a white Toyota. It was a pastor on staff here. I'm in line, have been in line for like 10 minutes, and Brandon goes, I'm like, no! I pulled out my phone. I'm like, oh, really? Really? Again, you gotta be thankful. If you're gonna cut in front of me, you better be thankful. <laughs> yes, I get fleshly at times, I'm sorry. My my bad. But Jesus, Jesus knew this. He knew that of the 10 people that he was going to heal, all 10 having had leprosy for who knows how long, they were dying a gradual, slow death. Why would you not be grateful if all of a sudden you had an extension on life, if all of a sudden life had been given back to you and yet only one comes to thank him and yet Jesus still said you're healed, all of you. He heals bad people. Look, I, I think it's one thing when we talk about God's love and, and we say that God loves everybody, God even loves bad people. I, I think in our minds we can, we can almost downplay it, but so much more, God takes it to another level. He heals even bad people who will take their healing and, and do bad things with it. What kind of love is this? There's another passage in, in John chapter 11. And... Uh, Jesus had a, a very close friend. This friend was by the name Lazarus. Lazarus uh, was on his deathbed, and, and Mary and Martha, also a very close friends of Jesus, had, had written a letter to Jesus saying, the one whom you love is sick. They'd sent this letter to Jesus because they knew that was, that was it. That was their only hope. That was the only means necessary that Lazarus was going to be healed. And, and Jesus had said he tarried. He, he, he held off leaving the town he was in to come back over to visit Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And in the meantime, what happened is Lazarus died. And so Jesus is now on his way back. And in his mind, again, foreknowledge, he, he even told his disciples as he's sitting in this other town, he said, this will not end in death. In other words, Jesus knew he's going back to Bethlehem, he's going back to this town, and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knows what's going to happen. He's going to heal Lazarus. But something very odd unfolds. 
he, he, he's walking down the road, coming back into town, and when he gets there, he, he sees Mary and Martha, and, and Scripture says he cries. It, it's it's the, the shortest Bible verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. It, it's, it's, it's this form of not, not just this you know, simple little uh, you know, Oscar moment tear. It, it, was, it was a sincere hurting. It was Jesus wept. And in my mind... The question is, you know there's a healing coming. Why, why are you wasting this emotion? Look, if, if he knows, if he knows he's going to heal Lazarus, then why? Why did he weep? Why did he weep? Did, did he waste his tears? Did, he, did Jesus waste his, his healing power on bad people who would use their healing to do bad things? Did, did Jesus waste his, his, his power on those nine lepers who weren't ever going to come back and thank him? But here's what I know about God is, is that God doesn't waste anything. It's not in his nature. That's not who God is. His very nature is, is, is one that, that has an extraordinary love even in the now. You see, Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to be healed. But in that moment, in that very moment, did that lessen the pain for Mary and Martha? Did that lessen that what Mary and Martha were speaking? Jesus could have walked in and said, really, come on, you're crying? Watch this. Watch what I can do. But, but there was a sorrow that, that, that can't even be explained in those moments. It, it, it's, it's a brokenness. It's a moment where the whole world stops and and while the world has stopped, your world has stopped, the rest of the world keeps going and, and you're crying out. You're, you're begging for the rest of the world to just hold on a second. Give me, give me this moment. Give me this time right now. And yet Jesus understood. He knew that even though the world was still spinning, even though he knew that in just seconds he was going to say, Lazarus, come forth. For Mary and Martha, their, their, their world had come to a crashing halt. Who is this God who knows he's going to save Lazarus, but before he does, he, he has such extraordinary empathy, love for the pain of humanity that he takes time to cry with Mary and Martha. God is extraordinary. He's extraordinary. He, he heals bad people. He blesses bad people. Do, do you, I, I don't know that we, we fully grasp how extraordinary God's love is. He understands. Look, he, he, he gets that we don't get eternity. Again, in, in, within time, it, just, it doesn't really make sense to us. He gets that. And when our loved ones, when, when there's somebody that's close to us, has, has passed or gone, even though we're only separated temporarily, we, we, I, had, I had so many people come up to me and say, oh, you know, it, it's, you're, you're going to get to see your father one day, you're going to get to see your mother one day, you know, it's gonna be, you're going to see them in heaven. I'm like, well, that, that's great, but that doesn't help me now. And, and even though I know that we're only separated temporarily, the pain the pain is still real, it's still deep, it still hurts. And Jesus comes to Mary and Martha and says, let me cry with you. There's a verse in uh, Romans 12, 15 that says, weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh. 
And again, I think it's one of those that we can just kind of throw out. Yeah, you know, and usually we say it when things are good. Yeah, you know, I'm going to laugh with those who laugh. Weep with those who weep. But, but that is God. He knows everything. He knows, he knows it all. And yet, he'll weep with you now because his love is present. His love is now. His love is here. His love is always available. He, he doesn't... He doesn't inflict our past upon us. We can get over our past. He doesn't, he doesn't take all the, all the things that I know that I've done and that I look back on and, and degrade myself when I look in the mirror. He doesn't take any of that and inflict it upon the present. But, but so much more so, he knows my tomorrow. He knows my later today. He knows my 5, 10, 20 years down the road. And he doesn't even take those moments and inflict them upon me today. His love is always here. It's always now. He doesn't inflict your past on you, doesn't inflict your future on you. He loves you now. He heals you now, ministers to you now, wants to be with you now. There's a a passage I think we're probably all familiar with in 1 Corinthians 13. We call it the love chapter. I think every, every wedding that I've officiated, at some point we throw in the love chapter. The love chapter. Um, but the, the true beauty of this passage, I think we miss a lot of times because we, we sit there and we're, we're trying to correlate it between a, a spouse or a relationship. And, uh, but, but 1 Corinthians 13, it's not about me. It's not about my love. 1 Corinthians 13 is describing God's love. It's, it's a description of the depth of God's love for me, a description of his extraordinary love for you. No matter where you're at today, his extraordinary love for you says God's love will never fail you. God's love is always patient for you. God's love will never keep a record of being wronged. God's love always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres for you. God's love is today. God's love is always now. Look, you you don't have to worry about him reaching into your future and and inflicting it on your your today. You don't have to worry about him reaching into your past, bringing it back to today. You are, by definition, free to enjoy God today, now, in this moment, because he wants to build in you extraordinary love. Jesus says, as the the band comes up and, and I close, Jesus says, come to me. All of you, any one of you, I don't care where you've been, I don't care where you think you're going, come to me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I want to show you, I want to be there for you. If you'll come to me, I'll show you how to truly rest, how to find a true peace. Guys, I can't urge you enough today to lean into a present, a today love, a, a now love. Look, don't, don't get caught up in, in what's going to happen tomorrow and certainly don't get trapped by what happened yesterday. Enjoy today. Enjoy the presence of the one who said, I will never leave you, never forsake you. Enjoy God's love that's always present. It's now. God is with you. He is for you. God loves you. I, I don't know across this room what people are, are, are going through specifically. I don't pretend to understand the, the challenges, the obstacles, the mountains that you may be facing. 
the difficulties in your life. But I, I, uh, I truly believe that the Spirit is, is encouraging each and every one of us today with uh, a message that's, if we understand His everlasting love, if we live in His everlasting love, there's reason to relax. <laughs> there's reason to find peace. You just have to lean into His love. Let yourself lean into Him. He'll weep with you today. He'll laugh with you today. Because He's with you today. He, he knows what you're going through right now. He loves you so much. And, and I, I, I feel that our prayer as a body, as a people, as individuals, should it, it needs to be something to the effect of God you're enough. In the middle of my circumstances, in the middle of my storms, in the middle of my hurt, in the middle of my loss, in the middle of my happiness, in the middle of my joy, in the middle of my mourning, you're enough for right now. God, I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm going to take today and I'm going to lean into you now. I'm going to lean into your love. I'm going to, I'm going to be thankful, grateful for the love that you have for me right here, right now. Guys, I, I pray, I pray that you experience that freedom that only comes through him, that rest that you only find in him today. It's the presence of God's extraordinary love. And it's the very presence that he wants to build in you. If you bow your heads, close your eyes, church, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus, we thank you. God, I, I thank you that, that you, don't, you don't waste love. We sing songs like reckless love, and, and to us, we look upon uh, this love, and, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense that you would just dole out love to everyone, Lord God, but it's so extraordinary. Because at that very moment when I was unloved, at the very moment when I was at my deepest, darkest, Lord God, that's when I realized your love. It was for today. It was for now. It didn't take my past and, and heap it upon me, belittle me, demean me for, for what I had done, Lord God, but it just loved me. And it didn't take my future and the mistakes that I was going to make or, or the hurts that I was going to cause or, or even the hurts that I was going to go through. And it, it, didn't, it didn't bring those to light at that moment either. It just loved me where I was at. I thank you, Lord God, that your love is always now. We lean into you, Father, and we say we, we trust you. We trust you, God, with our past and and Father, we, we trust you with our future, the unknowns. We thank you, Lord God, for rest, for ease, for your peace. Your peace, Lord God, which Scripture tells us it goes beyond what we can even have the human ability to comprehend. Just a peace even in the middle of struggle, middle of hurt, middle of loss, middle of pain. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. We thank you, Father, for that. As I continue to pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed, guys. I, I want to extend an invitation. I, part of this moment, it, it comes from, from, from my past, yes, from things that have happened to me with, with, my, with my own mom and dad, but as well from, from the, the gift of having a friendship with Chad Barnes. He would always ask me what God was doing in my life. He'd always come up to me, right before a service on Sunday, he'd say, man, I'm praying for you today. 
I want you to know I'm here for you. And right now, guys, I want you all to know that same peace. I want you all to know that, that, that same love, that same joy. It's only experienced by, by having the Spirit of God in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The very fruits of the Spirit are what God wants to instill in you, build in your life. All it comes from is a simple understanding that God loves you. He'll never leave you, forsake you. And then it's, it's confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart in who he says he is. If you're here this morning and you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, before I go into anything else, man, I, I want to pray for that. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I, I just, man, I want to pray for you. If that's you and you'd like to give your life to Christ and experience that extraordinary love, if you'd just real quickly raise your hand. I want to pray for you where you're at. Across the room. Awesome. Awesome. I also believe today that there's many people here that are hurting. It may be the pain of something that, that's, that someone else did to you in the past that, that, that doesn't, doesn't go away. It may be the heaviness of something that you've done in your own life and, and you're carrying that weight. Or it may just be the fear of, of what's upcoming in your life, the unknown, the future. And at this simple moment, at this, right, at this time right now, you, you just need to experience extraordinary love now. If that's you, and you need his peace, his presence in your life more than ever, I want to pray. If you just real quickly slip your hand up, I want to pray for you. No matter the situation, awesome, 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 across the room, hands going up, awesome. God, we thank you. Father, we come before you, we thank you. We thank you so much, Lord God, that you're a God of today. Just as, as Jesus wept in that moment, God, that, that you feel for us even here, even now. God, even though you know that you're working all things, even the situations we're in, you're working all things out towards the good of those who call upon your name, toward the good of those who love you, even though you know that, Lord God, you still love us, you still care for us, and even in these intimate moments, you still weep with us. Father, I pray in these moments that no matter what burden somebody is carrying, the weight, the guilt, the fear, God, that your spirit would, would, would just become extraordinary love in their lives, a presence right now, Father. That we would all recognize your presence, Father. That we would truly embrace a, a supernatural peace that goes beyond our, our own un, uh, ability to understand. God, help us to experience your unconditional, extraordinary love in a way that touches our hearts, transforms and heals our souls. God, we're open. We're open to what you want to say to us, what you want to do in us what you want to show us through your extraordinary love. And I pray, Father, that as you build that in our lives, that our lives, too, would then be a reflection of that extraordinary love, a hand that reaches out to others around us, that doesn't sit there and carnally look at whether somebody's deserving or not, Lord God, but instead looks and says, Jesus loves you, has a smile that says, I'll pray for you today. I want you to know I'm praying for you right now. Father, we thank you so much for your life in our life, for your building in us, your love. It's in your name that we pray.
Amen. Amen. Guys, y'all have a blessed, blessed Sunday afternoon. God bless you all.